Check, check, check. One, two. One to the two. One to the two. Two, 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 two. All hey, right. Scotty, what's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by your business name right here. Seriously, it could all be yours. And now, we kick it. Because I'm not talking. I'm such a dick. <laughs> your face, you go, uh-uh, it's not working. Hold on, I'm in the middle of a game. I'm putting. My putt-putt. You play the weirdest things on your phone. Says the guy... Who plays on a console or a computer till 2 in the morning. Says the guy that still plays... Yep. What was that thing? Farm, uh, Farm Quest? No. No. Fort, Fortnite? Fortnite. I'll play Fortnite, Madden. I haven't opened up NBA 2K20, 20, 21 yet. Yeah, but here's the thing, Lowe's. I can play this game while I'm taking a dump. Yeah, that's kind of true. You can't really do that with your game. That gives you a decided advantage in the I can play at all times, so that's why you have feces all over your phone. Nope, that's why Lisa, my wife, bought me a, uh, there was a name for it, a soapbox, soap something. Yeah, you have a UV light destroyer of feces for your phone. It looks like a tanning bed. Right, for your phone, and it's apparently supposed to take out no, it does. Not a, not apparently. It does. My house does not get sick anymore I'm really because hopeful. I am not giving my children feces. So where do you want to start? Because we I want to start with finishing this game. Hang on one sec. Don't start the pot. Tell the people to... Uh, oh, hey, go and subscribe. There you go. Let's subscribe. You can go over to, to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. We do it each and every week, or you can do it on Spotify or... I don't know. There's a handful of all these podcast providers now. We always post the link. So well, iTunes, however you, however you iTunes. like it. Oh yeah, that's that too. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the, like, big, the biggest podcast <laughs> provider in the world. I'm like, oh yeah. Where yeah, can I buy too. your product? Oh yeah, Walmart. You know what the problem for me is that I don't subscribe to any podcast, but I do. Li- I don't. I just don't like them being automatically downloading and being ready. So I go and I decide. All right, I'm going to listen to this one at this time. Now tell me about it. My phone was like, hey. I know you buy memory. You need to buy more memory. Right. I'm like, the hell is filling up? And it's like, your podcasts are full. I go and look. I've downloaded every, was it Boomer and Carton? I had downloaded every single Boomer and Carton episode. Yeah, you had like 30 of them on your phone. For the past like four years, not 30, like the past four years. Yeah. That, that was a mistake. That is why I want a little bit of that control. If there's one part of me that's very uh, cautious when it comes to my my data and my equipment, that's I just don't want you putting stuff on it. I don't want you inserting yourself into me. So no- so to speak. Just a thought. As like a life rule. I'm going to go back and get this as a clip for Chuck and Chernoff. You know uh, that, this right? This is a fair territory. You no, can't do it, it is on not. Here. Yes, no, it is not. Totally. This Absolutely is the Absolutely not. This is the tree of trust. So in the tree of trust, first off tonight... We're either going to get into, oh, this is chapter eight, by the way, of the Audio Fun Bag podcast. I'm keeping track now. Is that V-I-I-I? Yeah. If, okay. we're, if we're a Super Bowl, Let's but do we're not. Roman numerals. I kind of like the idea that we're like the, no, you don't watch any of these movies. I can't. The Avengers, I know. No, I was going to go more like a Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, okay. It's all the same thing. Volume two, get a volume three. But in this case, we do chapters because we're like an intense book, like a sex novel. Inside of you. For men. So to speak. We're like the 50 shades of gray, but for dudes. 
but there's not that much sex. On the fan. But no, we're not. No, not in this case. <laughs> so do you want to talk about how we got started in radio? But that seems kind of about us. I also liked your idea about talking about herpes monkeys and why we don't, why we fear the Everglades. You want to, okay. So I got this story right here. It says, what is feral, by the way? There's a group of feral monkeys. They're wild. Now, monkeys Why don't by... I just say wild, then? Monkeys by nature are supposed to be feral. Like, okay. Have you ever seen, like, feral cats? They're cats that have lost being domesticated, and they're now feral. They, You should dispose of the feral cat. In this case, I guess these monkeys have gone from regular monkeys to real wild-ass monkeys. So apparently, at one point in time, way back in Florida... Because we, we have... We know about the state of Florida. Don't trust the state of Florida. Like, all the weird, like... PCP stories come out of Florida or a man doing this and eating bath salts and then becoming a vampire or a zombie. Like, they all come out of Florida. All uh, those weird stories. A lot originates as far as the weird stuff in Florida. It's nice to visit. You don't have to live there. It's not all Magic Kingdom over there, basically. True. But apparently in the 20s, someone thought it was a good idea to put 12 monkeys on an island. It was a colonel. His name's in here. Colonel something. Colonel Tooney. And it was Colonel Tooney's Jungle Cruise. And he would take you through the Everglades. Well, these monkeys can swim. And they got off the island. And they started in the Everglades. And they just kept reproducing, reproducing, reproducing. As monkeys do. Well, that was almost 100 years ago. Right. There's a ton of monkeys now, which is in itself not a good thing. They now have herpes. Because they have contracted the herp from some source? Or they're just rabid with... Herpes, like monkey herpes. So the monkeys they brought over originally had herpes. The 12 monkeys had herpes B, which is now continuing on to the rest of these monkeys. But it got me thinking just in general about the Everglades. We need to burn the entire thing to the ground. Like I, all I, of it. I fear the Everglades. I know. Like who, what lives there other than every single thing that can kill you? Like a monkey can't kill you. That mf -er can kill you, That dude. thing has, as you show me, it's got giant teeth, and it's screaming, and... <laughs> and it has herpes. And it has herpes. Like, now they have STDs. Not only do they have giant teeth, they now have STDs, which I believe can you can get through fluids, right? Like, if it scratched you and its blood got in your blood, now you've got the herp. Well, there's different versions of the herp. Virgins? Versions. Ah, yes. You gotta watch out for these virgins. When I say there's different versions of the herp. Yeah, I had the herp. You can have the kind that just shows up and gives you like a mouth sore every now and then. Like you're carrying that version. That's the one that you don't freak out about. It sounds like they have the more of the ultra like your skin shows up funky and yeah, they get like and you get rashes and, and lesions and stuff. That that's the one that you don't want to deal with. The other one is more of a all right, that's something that was passed down to me from like a parent and I have this version. So a couple questions and we'll get back to what we do with the Everglades later. How do you stop this? Because every time these monkeys are reproducing, they're passing on their herp. But you can't have like safe sex for monkeys. Like that's how we stop it as a society. We have safe sex. But this is where you have to understand. There are people I know that have it running through their family in the same way. Now it was never the sexual kind. And we should kill them too. But it gets passed on to their kids and their kids and their kids. Unless you were to eliminate all the monkeys, you're not going to contain the herp because everyone that breeds with another passes on the herp to them. Then the monkeys need to be taken out. And then that gets then me to the my... Everglades comes back to the discussion of what we need to do to it. 
There are pythons that are like 18 feet because there are no natural predators for it in the Everglades that people just, oh, I got too big in my home and I released it into. Because you know what? What's the nice thing to do? You're not going to release a python in a supermarket. You know, no, you, you release would, it into the Everglades and let him live out the rest of his life. You would typically think that something will kill it, and at that point, you don't have to have it on your conscience. But the problem is, as you said, no natural predators. They're growing to amazing size, and now we actually have to put together hunts for people to show up there and try and kill these things. There are actually, like, alligators are a known species in the Everglades. There are crocodiles, which are not... In North America, that are now living in the Everglades because people have released crocodiles into there. Like, it's a petri dish of just things that want to maul you that are now being born and blossoming there. It, it needs to just either put a big wall around it or just get rid of it completely. Have you ever seen the videos when this, again, the size of these pythons? It's killed alligators, like oh. 8 to 10, 12-foot alligators. Oh, not a problem. Have you seen when they get a hold of deer? There's nothing <laughs> in there that can kill them. So they just grow and grow and grow. Why do I feel like you're about to show me a picture? I am. Everglades python hunt. We'll do the python hunt for oh, the Everglades. They're hunting these monkeys, by the way. Right now, the state of Florida has made it legal to capture and kill the monkeys to try to end this herpes epidemic that's spreading right now. How about that? Look at the size of that thing. See, why do we want that? That goes across the road. That thing is that big. Eventually, when something shows up to finally destroy us, its origination will be out of the Everglades. Well, it'll be by our hands anyway. What are you talking about? Well, we'll be the ones who have put it in there. Yeah, because we decided to plant this little seed that then turned into Godzilla out of the Everglades. Look how creepy that is. Yeah, I know. You know I hate snakes. I don't care for them either. Let's see. Lengths of pythons eliminated. From, and this is their, their last hunt. By the way, these are the pythons they can find. Yeah, exactly. These are, <laughs> these are the dumb pythons. These are the ones that, oh, hey. Oh, hey, Hunter. They're the early on. I might try and eat that person. They're not the ones that have adapted to their environment yet. Dude, they took four. Four last year that were 17 plus feet. They took nine that were 16 to 17 feet. They took 10 that were 15 to 16. The overwhelming amount, 841, were 0 to 4 feet, but they did get 432. That was the next highest number of 7 to 8 feet. You realize that's not a dent in the python population, by the way. It's nothing. Man. Okay, so the amount of pythons eliminated. Yeah, we effed. Was 17,453 feet worth of them. Now, to give you an example, oh, the max oh. depth of the Grand Canyon is just 6,000 feet. <laughs> so nearly three times the depth of the Grand Canyon were pythons eliminated in, in Florida from these python hunts. Now imagine if the pythons themselves got herpes. Well, then everybody's getting herp. Nobody can avoid it. Like, you give an animal that wants to kill you, and now you add the escalation of an STD to it. You give it, like, an extra... It's not even armor. It's another offensive weapon. I know. And so this is... They the, already have teeth. This is the fascinating part as we move into the China version of our show. Do we have so one we, of these every... Have we had one every volume, by the way? There's always some sort of check-in with Asia. Chapter 8 fascinating things happening in Asia. Do you still have that story of Yo. what the Chinese government has decided to outlaw or at least restrict eating right now with the coronavirus, which, by the way, we kind of we, we kind of broke that story, you and I. <laughs> Did and, we? and we called it the coronavirus and because we, we weren't sure if we were saying it correctly. Remember where we said, like, oh, it's coronavirus, 16 dead. That was like three weeks ago. 
feels like it's been going on forever. And now, now it's looking like like you know World War Z. I heard Nick and Chris talking about it. It started because people were eating bat stew. It it is a crossover from some sort of animal. Which first off, quit eating nasty shit to begin with, and we won't have viruses, dude. Ah, uh, you gotta understand. No, there is nothing to understand. Asian delicacy is completely delicacy. different from ours. In part. It's not like they're sitting back with thousands, and th- especially in China, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of heads of cattle to feed people. Like eating in China in, in, in the countryside is a real challenge to do on a daily basis. That they, is that is why the, the they government have water buffalo. I've seen a water buffalo. The, the, it could feed a village. Their government has always feared. This is the only way that they think that they would ever lose power is that they can't feed their people, and so so bats. However, they got to eat, man. However, they got to eat because they've always the, the their communist party there has always worried if we can't feed the people, they'll rise up and they'll take down this government. As long as we can keep them fed, we can keep things moving. And so that's why you have so many different options for food there. Like run through your list. What are they? What are the government there has said that we shouldn't be eating right now? Well, apparently they're they're running out of time on their communism then because from the Asian Wire, which I subscribe to, I know you do too. It's only my favorite wire. China has put <laughs> China has put a ban now on eating the following based on the coronavirus outbreak. Leopards, all right. Cats, eagles, pheasants, all right, fine. Raccoons, well, I can't do it. I got to have a raccoon. Squirrels, birds, dogs. What the hell? Is there one of those you've ever had cuz I have had raccoon? It, it, All right, was, let's go into this. First, why? I was at a bar right around the corner from Lad People Stadium. You see what they do, right? They dig through trash. You're eating something that digs through crap and trash. I didn't know what it was at the time. Oh, okay. It's This was Senior Bowl 2009. I'm in this this uh, this bar with uh, my friend Chuck Smith. and Was Chuck eating it? We both tried it. Oh, and it, what it was, just so you know, it's a very impoverished, impoverished wow, I can't say impoverished area. <laughs> Man, <laughs> impoverished area. There you go. It's rough. So their idea was, yeah, our ancestors, when it was the start of Mardi Gras, we would we'd get raccoon. We'll make whatever. And so that's why I tried it. Do they not have cows there, though, in Asia? Not to feed enough people. Chickens? What are you talking about? I've seen chicken trucks driving down the highway. They got like 90 of them stuffed in a little crate. You're talking about a population. I know. It's like 3 billion people. 1.4 billion. I was close. 1.4 billion. So yeah, if you're hungry, you will eat the head off a bat. Quit using the computer to come up with facts. I'm gonna, pheasant. How, how Fe- no, I don't have a problem with many, pheasant. No, I'm fine with that. How many cows in the world? Oh, no, you're going to get a big one there. See, but that could feed... There's 1.5 billion cows. And a cow can feed easily one person per year. They have 96 million head of cattle in China. That was by 2018. Okay, so what's the problem? Or turn vegan like Lowe's. Slightly ahead of us, but again, we have... We have significant... We have 3 million people or 300 million people? We have... We're we're lacking about a billion people in comparison to them, and they have the same amount of cattle. Then grow something. They got a bunch of land over there. I, I... The bats? Like, you're trying to justify bats. Raccoon, pheasant... Fine. Cats, dogs, leopards, eagles. They're eating our bird. They are eating our bird because they're hungry, man. I wonder if they if you sent over just like some regular hungry mans, you know, like the 
beef container, like, here, mashed potatoes and all this. So it's a hungry man meal. They still got to have a microwave, which the countryside, I don't know if they're going to have that. You talk about, there's not one billion people in the countryside. Like, they're all hanging out in Tokyo. Now I'm kind of curious. That's that's a totally different country, by the way. That's Japan. And you, I think you know that, but I'm not sure. Be- I, I'm not going to let you draw me off sides. You might not know that. Beijing. Okay, that's a different country as well. Although, no, no, no. Beijing is China. It's it's supposed to be its own independent country when it was handed over by the British that, yes, the Chinese have a, par- a portion of it, but they're not supposed to be ruling it. No, I thought There's, that was Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> Damn. Checkmate. Did I really do that? Checkmate. You're going to have to edit this for all your flubs. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> We're going to keep that in there. Now i got to know what the population of China is in the countryside. I'm going to do that, and then we're going to take a break. Population of Chinese countryside. You really shouldn't have let me sit with the computer today. I know. Today. we got to take this away from you. You're like Chuck right now, rattling off emails to management. 813 million people in the rural areas of China. So more than half of their, of their population. See? Then grow plants or corn. You just all be vegan. Cut out the bat. Cut out the the bird. I just don't get eating. Maybe maybe they look at us like we eat cow and that's weird. Like I know in India they do because a cow is a god, right? It's a, it's a sacred sacred being. By the way, I meant to ask you: Do you believe yeah. in God? Yeah, absolutely. Which God? I believe in Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, was it, was that like a prerequisite to no, to continue yes. the podcast with you? You were gonna run through and rifle. You're just interested in the fact that I grew up with so many Jewish friends that I actually. I had no read, Jewish friends. I read, so, I knew the Old Testament back and forth because of of my friends had the Torah, and so from that standpoint, you kind of knew. All right, we're 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 working from the same level here, and then you realize, oh, that whole New Testament thing. You're not really interested in that, huh? Oh, okay. That that was the uh, that was the difference growing up. We would we would we would be on the same religious path. And then mine would continue a different direction until chapter two, and then theirs would veer a different direction, and that was and that was fine to me. It was just something to know, something to to look into. Well, I'm glad you're going to live forever. Then I'm so excited to live forever. So so much sex. Uh, all right. In heaven? No, I'm joking, Jesus. Do you think there is sex in heaven? I would think that anything you want to have. You know what? There might, we, anything. Might, we might have a lack of desire for such things like that. I know. That's what I would and imagine. that's what worries me. It doesn't worry me only because, could you imagine if you weren't driven by your wiener to do things that you shouldn't be doing? I yeah, missed, could you imagine that? But I would have missed out on so many opportunities. You would like, have. It has led, most of the stories we tell on a daily basis all tend to have one thing in common. Your wiener led you there at some point. There was at some point when we talk about, oh, I did this in college. It had yeah, to do with a girl. It had to do with a girl. Yep. It had to do with a girl. So if you could find a way. No cool stories in heaven. I don't want to make the third stop. <laughs> now, we've been told this before. There's no liquor stores or bars so, in heaven. So our, our friends. There is no third stop. Our friends, the Bynums, David and Paul Bynum, Artisan Beverage. Shout out to them. I, I know they listen to the, the podcast. They gave us like the best advice, probably what, a year, year and a half ago. We talked about when you go out and what you do. And and both of the guys said it and they're absolutely right. The Bynum boys have it down. No third stop. The first stop, cool. I went and met my friends there. We had a good time. We had some drinks over had dinner. Some drinks over dinner. Totally fine. You know what? If you decide to, to head somewhere afterwards, 
You and your friends or go meet a couple other friends, cool. Everything's fine. Have some drinks, do your thing. But when you get in that Uber, the next stop is home because if you make a third stop somewhere, crazy stuff is going to happen. And that's, I firmly believe in. And you know it and I know it. The times we've gotten in the most, like, sick, bad shape, anything else, it's the third stop. Didn't show up at home, third stop. Third stop. Like when we were out for Super Bowl media parties, we went to Dantana's. Then we went to the media party. Then I continued the rest and of the night. And you continued. I yeah, des- I made a fifth stop. I decided I'm out. Not that I didn't want to, but it was just the idea that we're. I'm going to get in so much trouble, I'm going to roll into my home and have to be brought in from my from my front doorstep because I will just be throwing up in, in the driveway. And I woke up on Dan's couch not knowing. The weirdest feeling in the world, by the way, is when you wake up in a home that you don't know on a couch you've never been on before, and you have no... I did this back at... Is it High Five Buys? Back in the days when it was High Five Buys Amphitheater, it was a... Oh, boy. Lady Annabellum concert. Don't judge me. Um, And I got hammered, and apparently one of my friends had saw me walking around the parking lot, just walking around, not going to a car or anything, just walking through the parking lot, not knowing where I was. They put me in their car. They took me home. I wake up the next day on a couch in a home I've never been in my entire life. And you have to figure out, A, where am I? B, who took me home? They're all in their rooms asleep. So now I'm knocking on people's door like, hey, do I know you? Oh, it's Brett. I'd have been more creeped out. How did I get here? With your Dan Matthews scenario because you woke up and he was just in his boxer smoking a cigarette in front of you. And you knew like, wow, we did the thing. Whatever. Yeah, just how it goes sometimes. All right, coming up next, we're going to tell you how we got started in this crazy little game. And then we'll get into some fun audio after that as this continues the audio fun bag, Chapter 8 Challenge. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Brian Hoyt and Carlos Medina. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. State got a new piece of copy that he was... Well, a little bit unprepared for. You'll hear it in his voice. Here it is. Hey, guys, let's talk about Solomon Brothers. Never a bad time to buy beautiful jewelry for your beautiful babies, and that can happen. And you know why? Because, like, in the middle of summer, they came up with this promotion. Let me see what it's called exactly. Hold on. It is called... Oh, no. No, no. A huge... uh, Friggin' deal at Solomon Brothers' first annual percentage week. What does it mean? It means there's 40% off of watches. Found it. He found it. You can hear it in his voice when he's like, "What is this?" Okay, I got it. You ever Let me seen see the- what it's called exactly? Hold on. <laughs> Welcome back to the Audio Fun Bag, Chapter Eight, your source for news and all things. But oh, with one T or two? With two. I like that slogan. Your source for all things, but. You ever have a radio voice? Like, did you ever try out your radio voice before you got into this? No. You just talk? You don't put it on a little bit? Like when you do the, good afternoon, I'm Carla, do you put it on there? I I would say that I I make a conscious effort to enunciate. Okay. Because when you don't, when you're doing those, it's different. When we do a radio show or when we do this, it doesn't matter if you kind of slur words together. Impervished. Yeah. Or you say (laughs) things like that or you just kind of mess things up. It's it's part of what's going to happen over three or four hours of a show. But when it's time to deliver the news, it is different. And, and that is that is a weird thing for, for me. So 
I, I've joked around in the past. I don't say shoulder surgery, surgery. because I will slur it together and it, and it will never be shoulder surgery. It'll be shoulder surgery. So I don't say those things in, in a broadcast. Playcock. That's another one. You're not going to say certain words. When I do a news report, I try to make it a point to enunciate everything as well as I can. And clearly, when we're moving a different direction, we're moving a different direction. But I never sit back and, and said, how would I say this word and the, then practice it? The best is when people come up to you, hey, look, it's Carlos Medina. Because everybody knows your way of saying it and where the pause is. Good afternoon, I'm Carlos Medina. Yes, because if I try to rush through it, it all slams together. Carlos Medina? See? Okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't work the same way. Now, I do find it funny every now and then when people will we'll run into people, meet some people, and they'll always say generally the same things. You know, is Kincaid in an a-hole? Um, you know, tell me a story about Matter Chuck, something along those lines. But the one they always do say is, hey, you guys sound the same as you do on the radio. And I'm like, <laughs> well, because we're not putting on a voice. This is how we, we talk. This isn't, this isn't 1980s. FM radio where it's all about spinning discs. And right, the best coming, up next. coming up next is Casey, you know, my best Casey Kasem voice. No, it's just our presentation is just this is who we are. This is what we sound like. So we had talked about it and we, you know, keep this segment a little bit shorter, but we'll see how it goes. We talked about how we got in radio because we recently had some interns and we get asked about that from time to time. Well, it's and, one question. We were talking about questions we get asked when just listeners come up. And yeah. it's, it's when you, not when you just have a casual conversation, but when you really sit down with somebody that listens, that wants to know about you, it's always the question that comes up. And, and the nice thing is it's different for every single person. How did you get started in this? Everyone has a different story and everyone's is unique. Uh, I, I think that the the thing that's fascinating about it is that there are some people that, I went to school for this. Then there's other people that just said, this is what I wanted to do. I had this kind of dream, and I was going to fight for it as hard as possible. Well, and so everyone's just a little different. Take the shows we work on. Buck obviously won a national championship, but Buck was also doing sports on TV. Right, he was doing sports and in, in TV in South Georgia. Yep, and then you've got Kincaid, who was at... I. Kincaid had a second job he was working. His second job was basically doing nights on IP in Philadelphia. Right. Comes down here, gets a call from 790, starts with them. Matt was a producer. Chuck won a contest. So everybody's story is completely different. You want to tell yours? Because I think yours is hilarious. Well, just, just the idea of, of what you found a way to, I don't want to say get away with, but you did the, man, did I really pee on the boss's car? <laughs> That's. I guess it all starts like my fondest memories of sports talk radio, I guess, you're in the car with your parents and they're listening to the Beatles, or they always listen to their music. You know, when my dad's was the Beatles, but it was always sports talk radio growing up in San Francisco was always on that and or Rush Limbaugh. And Limbaugh was on on KNBR in San Francisco. He was on from 10 to noon out there. Otherwise, it was sports talk. So when I was a senior out in California in high school, I was working in the attendance office and I would listen to KNBR just have a transistor radio, and in the attendance office, you just screwed around or whatever, so I would call into the station. Hmm. One day, I called into KNBR, and they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, 17. Aren't you supposed to be in school? And I was like, yeah, I'm actually working in the attendance office at Tamil Pius High. Someone heard it. I got suspended for two weeks. Oh, sweet. And you're making our school look bad, and we're a school of integrity, and it really is a really, it's like one of the best high schools out there in the Bay Area. 
So I told them the story. I said, hey, I got suspended for two weeks. Can I come hang out at your radio station? They were like, yeah. So Fitz and Brooks took me on as a high schooler for two weeks, and that's where my internship started. Finished high school out here, interned with you guys at 790, interned in the promotions department. What year was that? Because I... That would have been 01. Were you there at that time? No, I, I got there in, in summer of 04. So they had a big black A-team van mm-hmm. that said 790 on the side, and I would drive that around. I would banner just like all interns do. Got a chance to work with Mike Bell. How'd that work out? <laughs> Let's just, let's just say we all, have, we, we all have the same experience. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. We all uh, have the same experience. It was so weird because I was like, oh, man, I listen to you on the radio. Like, I want to meet you and talk sports. And he yeah, was that, having that, none that, of that's it. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I kind of got chucked. But um, knew from that moment this is what I wanted to do. And so I do a double major at Georgia Sports Studies and Broadcast Journalism. And I wanted to be Buck. I wanted to be John. And, and eventually that you watch those guys work and you're like – I can't do this. Like this, this just ain't me. Yeah, I, your personality ends up being the thing that kind of dictates the direction you go. As much as you think, like for me, I listen to Chet Copic, Copic on sports, <laughs> and I would think, man, I could do a Copic on sports type show. And I realized pretty quickly, no, I, that would make me crazy. I, can, I, I could never do that. I can. We Straight both can. sports talk. I can do topic developments or things like that. You throw me on the mic and I sound like a little girl and no one would listen to me. But we go to the Virginia Tech game, the bowl game, Georgia-Virginia Tech in the Peach Bowl. And I believe you were there too. That I was, was there. the big yeah. comeback in the second half. Virginia Tech fan tried to fight me. Was that your father-in-law? No, no. Oh. That's a different, different person. <laughs> okay. Random person. So we're sitting next to this couple and I'm miserable. You remember we're getting just stomped in the first half. Right. They are way out of it at that time. I'm miserable. I live on every Georgia win and loss and I'm drunk and miserable. And the girl I'm dating, she turns and starts talking to the couple next to us. And they're trying to do small talk at halftime. And I don't want any of it. Eventually, they kind of butter up to us and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, broadcast journalism, sports studies. Leave me alone. (laughs) And he's like, well, we know Buck Baloo. And I was like, wait a minute. Buck Baloo, and at this time up in Athens, I would listen to you guys on 790, and I would listen to Buck and John. And I'm like, I love Buck Baloo. I know Buck Baloo. So they give me Buck's phone number. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, it's like getting a girl's phone number. Like, first off, this has been my hero growing up. When am I going to call it? Do I call it now? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can't call him on the air. I know he's on the air 3 to 7, so when's a good time? Okay, I finally build up the courage. I finally call him. I hear children screaming in the background. This is Buck. Hi, Mr. Baloo. My name is Brian. I don't have time for this right now. I got to let you go. And he just hangs up the phone on me. <laughs> like, damn it. And years later, I now control all Buck audio. Which, by the way, if it's not the worst thing to try to figure out when to call this person, to call them back after they've already hung up on you. So it took like two weeks. I called him back. He told me to talk to Scotty Mack, our PD or assistant PD, if you in the titles. And, uh... And here we are to this day. Now, the the we had a Christmas party. I was an intern. I thought I was going to get a job soon. And uh, I thought, how's the best way to impress the people that I work with? Don't get drunk and be very... Uh, no. no. I was in college, and I thought, out drink all of them and show them that you can party and you're fun and everything else. It's a poor idea on your part. I ended the night by peeing on the side of... David Dickey's car. That would be our owner of. It Dickey wasn't the car though. Like it was on the wheel. Like I turned just like the wheel well and the tire itself. And um, and what does that man 
What's he worth and what does he do now? Putting his family aside and all those things. A material thing. What does he love more than anything in the world? It's cars. Cars. <laughs> and you urinated on one, it and you still got a job here. It was a tire. So that that was that was my start in a nutshell. I will tell you mine in a nutshell as well. I was mine playing, was a big nutshell. I was playing ball at Texas Wesleyan University in Fort Worth, right on the edge of Arlington and Fort Worth. And How old are you? At the time, I'm I'm just getting ready to turn 21. I was. It was a summer I was 20. I was going to be 21 in the fall. Now, before this, though, are you growing up listening to sports talk? Yeah. Or I, just you play sports and that's your life? No. In San Antonio, we would have we would get Sports Entertainment Network out of Las Vegas, and I would listen to the all those guys. Um, Papa Joe Chevalier. Uh, again, I joked around about Chet Kopic. There was a, an Arnie Spanier. There was a bunch of guys that would all do it from, from Bally's Las Vegas. And I remember... Papa Joe Chevalier came to San Antonio to do a show. I made my dad take me out of school in seventh grade to take me over to Fatso's Sports Bar to listen to his show, which I, that was the first moment when I realized, you know, these road shows, like they didn't have, they weren't set up very well. Yeah. Which is why we always make sure we bring speakers and things like that. Yeah, because they still work out now. Yeah. Um, it did not sound good. I was like, I, was like, I did not get the experience <laughs> I thought I was going to get, uh, but I did meet him and I got a, a picture signed and everything else. Um, fast forward, I, I'd listen to all that, listen to Jim Rome, listen to everybody else. And so when I got to Dallas, um, the ticket was there. And the first thing I, I heard was the hard line with, at the time, uh, Greg Williams and Mike Reiner, who recently retired. And I'm hearing them crap all over the Cowboys, just unmerciful. I mean, it's five and 11 team. They had it coming, but I went, why would you be making fun of the team that you're supposed to be rooting for? Like, I legitimately thought that that was the goal. That was not the goal as I started to listen more and kind of realize, wait a minute, that's not what you do in this business. That's the amazing part, by the way. It's the it's one of the few forums that makes you have a reaction in your car. Like, we don't have a lot of callers or we don't take a lot of callers, but the fact that you just react in your car, that you'll yell at your radio or you'll, why are you guys busting on the Cowboys right now? That's what I love about this. And so, in my case... Uh, I, I listened for a couple of years, and then Bad Radio, still to this day, Bob and Dan, they do the Noon to Three show there, had a contest where they were going to have their internship giveaway. And they would take four summer interns every single year, but they decided this year we'll do it as like a weird contest. And all it was was that you still had to apply, do the normal stuff, but in order to get your foot in the door in this contest, you had to get a wacky radio liner from a celebrity. So you would have to get somebody who would say, uh, this is so-and-so, and I never listened to Bob and Dan on the ticket. So they would play those as rejoiners and, and stuff like that. And I had a friend who played basketball at OU. So he lined it out where on his fishing boat, Kelvin Sampson at the time, who, mm-hmm. took, who took them to the Final Four, called me up. I had a recorder up to the phone. I asked him to do it. He <laughs> did it. I turned it into the station, and I was one of the people that went through the process. I got the internship, and at the end of the summer, they had the other three kids go back to school, and they asked me to stay. I uh, got hired there six, eight months later and worked there for almost four years before getting the opportunity to uh, to move to Atlanta. And so that's that's how it all got started was was just a, a fortunate event and then working your butt off as soon as you got there. You say the opportunity to work in Atlanta. Were you hired out of Dallas by 790? The I had actually interviewed with the fan and also with 790. Uh, the former PD, who I think moved on to Detroit, um, after oh, he was here. I'll come up with the name. Yeah. I, I interviewed with him in the old building that was over near Peachtree and Piedmont. Jimmy Powers? Jimmy Powers. That's exactly who it was. It was 
And, and at the time, you walk into that lobby where they also had the whole magazine group and everything yep, else. And Jezebel. You, it, it was so impressive because my old station at the Ticket in Dallas, it was run by Susquehanna before it was purchased by Cumulus. It was just, yeah, it's okay. It was a nice little <laughs> lobby, whatever. You walked into the buildings of Dickey Broadcasting, and it was like, whoa! And so, yeah, they, it was just a little bit different from that standpoint. And quite honestly, I thought the culture that Matt Edgar had over at 790 and the guys did fit more of what I wanted to do at the time. And that, that's why it was, okay, this this makes more sense. This is exactly what I want to do. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's all how it works in a nutshell. And then... You'd, once you're foot in the door, it's like we always tell everybody: it's like now work your butt off and show people what you can what you can do, and that takes time. But when it works out, it's fun. So there you go. There's a story of how Hoyt and I found ourselves in this business that we call Sports Talk Radio. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to review one of the gags that we pulled off about five years ago on one of our very unsuspecting coworkers, Matt Chernoff. That's coming up next right here on the Audio Fun Bag Podcast, Chapter Eight. Eight. I'm trying to do Francesa there. It didn't work. Eight, eight, nine. I can do the nine. Nine, eight. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Brian Hoyt and Carlos Medina. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. Our own <laughs> Chuck Oliver launched one that, first off, Matt, I was amazed that you quickly recognized that something strange happened. You'll hear that in the piece of audio, but we haven't disseminated what this piece of audio is as of yet. All right, coming up next, it's good to have a plan in sports and in life until that plan falls apart. We'll tell you one team that might experience that and a piggy noise. Next. <laughs> I, didn't, I was like, I thought I heard a snort. Piggy. Okay, I thought it was Hoyt plugging something in, but it was actually you snorting. No, no, no. It was a combination burp and, <laughs> and cough and so i figured hoy let's play it's the slow down version you blurped that was a burp and a cough a blurf let me hear it one more time <laughs> oh that's filthy and i didn't know what so i was like all right i will suppress this i will force it down that is no you didn't though it came up Hey, welcome back. It's the Audio Fun Bag Chapter 8. Do appreciate you uh, checking us out this evening. And make sure if you haven't already, for the second time in the show, I will point out, start subscribing on iTunes and Spotify and everything else that we're on. And leave a review. And leave a review. Even if it's shit, leave it. Yeah, just point out, man, you guys are terrible. And we'll say, you're right, sir. Why are you listening? It is funny how many times we will get an email to the radio station with a suggestion such as when we did the Pornhub discussion of all of their reviews and information they had about the Super Bowl. And somebody was... That is too far. You guys are going too wild. And immediately we looked him up and he was a youth minister. And we just said, all right, and just consider the source. There was nothing dirty that we brought up. <laughs> consider the source. He's a Christian. Consider the source. But, again, why is he, not- <laughs> but why is he judging my radio program that had nothing to do with any kind? Now, granted, if you go on the site, that is a different thing you're going to find. But nothing we talked about was obscene or crossed any kind of lines that would have us in any kind of trouble within the community. So you Christians do not listen to our show. No, what I'm telling you ultimately (laughs) is that when we clean it up and you get upset, we just kind of put our hands in the air and go, whatever. Okay, good for you. So... Suck it. Okay, um, let's continue from there. So we are coming up on the five-year anniversary of Barrett Sports Media, who, by the way, does not like the show. No, he doesn't like you. It has nothing no, to do with the show. No, he doesn't like me. It, it's true because— He loves this podcast. 
specifically. I, I don't know if that's true either. I've never heard such a thing. I know that he doesn't like me, and that so from Chuck and Chernoff, we don't do well in their rankings, even though we make so much more money and have so much more ratings than so many of those other shows, but whatever. You, know, you don't he, sound bitter when, at when all. I, I sent him a note maybe a little drunk, at 10.30 one night saying, your piece on this other station you're talking about is total BS. It's a puff piece. It was a puff piece. The station was told, cut 25% of your budget, okay. and and they made a piece about how healthy they were. I'm like, clearly you're not paying any attention. If When your business comes to you and says, we're cutting 25% of our payroll, do you think things are going well? No. All right, so that's the soapbox. So anyway, <laughs> Matt... When he jumped on and did the podcast... Glad you got that off your chest. We got a chance to listen to it, and we decided to do an entire audio fun bag while also editing the audio to make Matt sound like by far the worst person you could possibly be in Atlanta sports radio. And and you did an excellent job in looking for all the little creative ways to make him sound terrible. Because I remember you and I cut it in half and just started working. It's like a 45-minute interview, and the problem is you might find... Something he says about Hoyt and Lowe's do this, but he says that at the 11-minute mark, and you've got to go all the way to the 35-20 mark to find something else. It's Imagine the largest jigsaw puzzle of just words and then trying to piece everyone nice and neatly together. So it sounds like he might have said it because Matt's arrogant enough that if you make it kind of sound sort of like a real thought, you're like... All right, you know what? I can see that. I can see Matt saying that on a podcast. And the fun part about when you're trying to put this thing together... Audio is different than a regular puzzle. A regular puzzle, you can see it. We're looking at just squiggly lines and trying to figure out how do we put these perfectly together to make it sound as as good as we can. I have to find the perfect Chuck. Not where he he mixes words together. Hey, Chuck's a good, like something like that. I need a perfect Chuck. And so I would listen to the full 45 minutes finding, all right, there are four good Chucks that I can use to splice in wherever I want. Or there's a good... Matt Chernoff quote that I can splice in wherever I want. So this is the near five-year anniversary of the Barrett Sports Media Matt Chernoff interview that we had a lot of fun with. It's time to tickle our audio fun bag and see what pops out. It's the audio fun bag exclusively on Chuck and Chernoff. Okay, so... I was waiting for a different time to, to promote this, but Lowe's and Hoyt want to do this in an audio fun bag, which I know I'm walking into a trap. It's a trap! Uh, I was a featured guest of the About Sports Radio podcast. Which what is that? There was a, a gentleman who hosts a show, and he put together this podcast where he's had guys like Colin Cowherd on it. He's had Freddie Coleman at ESPN, Scott Farrell, John Kincaid, Tony Bruno, Dan Dockage. He sent something out, said, would you like to do the podcast with me? I said, sure, I'd love to do the podcast. What it is is if people who want behind the scenes into our business and then maybe young people trying to learn about it, you get a chance to hear some of the ins and outs of how careers started and the day-to-day operation. So I was on with the host, Zach, for, I don't know, a good 30, 40 minutes, and he edited some of it, and it's out there now. So you can go to my Twitter feed to see it retweeted or go to About Sports Radio to hear the uh, full conversation, right? That's it. So you guys going to play some cuts. You're incredibly sorry as a teammate. As <sighs> I can't believe that. Now, Chuck, you haven't heard this, any of it, have you? No, I, I'm stunned sitting here listening to this. All right, what so, are you stunned about? This is the, they you want said the, Colin Coward. Right. Freddie Coleman, Scott Farrell. You. Shake it up. They want some of the guys in the sports radio business who are sort of the out front sort of guys, guys with national shows, guys who do well locally, all those type of guys. 
So this is what Matt said during yesterday's show before Hoyt and I really got a chance to listen to this podcast. This is from yesterday's show. That was a good interview. I was happy with it. I listened to it. Yeah. But see, there's a reason why you're not being interviewed, and I am. You could hear it in my voice. I sounded wealthy. That's what you said to Hoyt. Okay. You t- first of all, they took that again out of context. What's the context that explains that? I don't know, but they cut stuff together. It's like when, they, when you have that stuff where you talk about you having AIDS or you with underage girls. What? Or, I don't, talk, I don't we, have we AIDS. Have all, and, <laughs> you have all those cuts where you're like, that wasn't me. They, they, they chopped stuff up. This is, you could hear it in my voice. I sounded wealthy. I didn't say that about that. I was reading something. Sounds very, very clear. So this is how the podcast started when Matt is introduced and he gets his first opportunity to talk about the show. Right. Here's your host of the podcast about sports radio, Zach McRide. Matt Chernoff is our host this week of the wildly successful Chernoff show on 680 <laughs> The Fan in Atlanta and a mainstay in the Atlanta Marga for a long time before that. How do you get into the sports radio business, though? How did this all start? Zach, this will be the appropriate time for me to promote my NBC Sports Radio show every Saturday morning, 9 to noon. Eastern time around this great nation of ours. That's that was not what I said. First of all, the introduction was of the wildly successful Chuck and Chernoff show. Not what I heard. No, because Hoyt chopped you out of it, dummy. No. Yes. That's Peter Brady. They chopped him out of it. That was clearly a doctored piece of audio. It doesn't matter how I arrived. The point is that I'm here. <laughs> that was at the end of the interview. He said, "Do you want to mention anything else?" And yes, I, I promoted the national. Show. I got a size eleven Nike print on my back right now. <laughs> oh, was, it, it, it gets better. Up. It gets better. So. Mad had the question, you know, obviously talking about some other people who'd been on the podcast, but he was asked, you know, who he considers to be successes within the sports talk radio industry. When I use the word success uh, as it pertains to radio, who or what are the first people or things to come to mind? It's the obvious. It's the the, the Pharrells, the, the Patricks, the Jim Rohns, the Cowherds, and my NBC sports radio show. It was totally, again, chopped up. I knew this was a setup job. I said to Hoyt, actually, I said to Hoyt, you know, the podcast is out. He goes, oh, that's great. Let's play some clips on our show to promote the podcast. I knew I was walking into a trap because I hate my coworkers. When did you do this? I did this, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. I didn't do it on NBC. I did it, and and I reached out because I was trying to be helpful. So thinking about how good of a teammate that Matt Chernoff is, he decided to describe this show, the Chuck and Turnoff show, and uh, the rest of his teammates. Explain your show. Describe your show to someone who has never heard it. I think we were a very lazy, dumb show. <laughs> I think we have one of the dumbest producing tandems in the radio, <laughs> and I'm complimenting myself. I was always sort of a radio guy. I was the ultimate success because I broke through so many barriers. <laughs> but in, in our field, I care about what I think. People have tuned in for me. That's what they tuned in for. They didn't tune in to get Chuck Oliver. (laughs) Wait a minute now. All that, which was again chopped into about eight, it looks like a chop shop, and then somehow Oliver's voice worked into the uh, podcast. This this is about to be like when it became, it wasn't the Supremes anymore, it was Diana Ross. and the. That's what they tuned in for. They didn't tune in to get Chuck Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Chernoff. And the Chuck and Chernoff show. This, this is, first of all, for those of you, a lot of people have already heard it because I'm getting a lot of tweets that people enjoyed it. Go listen for yourself. This is completely taken out of text. I've been, I'm going to do like the players and go on the players' tribute. I'm never talking to the press again. And then there was a time on the podcast when asked about Chuck Oliver, somebody else well known within the industry, and Matt talked about the chemistry between you two. How would you describe your chemistry with Chuck? 
it's the strangest thing ever because I hate Chuck Oliver. So <laughs> I don't know why it worked, but it did. We, we've worked off and on now for 15 years. My partner, Chuck Oliver, very lazy. Chuck wins the contest. One of these, you want to be a sports talk radio host. Dumbest contest. We did a Saturday gig together. And at the end of the day, this is entertainment. And I think a lot of times my partner, to get lost in the minutia of, of games and stats and, and talking about this stuff, the normal sports talk dribble that so many of us end up doing. That didn't even sound like a clean cut. Not, none of that sounded clean. This is audio fun bag, or who's the a-hole? <laughs> it's a little bit of both, isn't it? This is I've been doctored. None of this, for those of you who want, this is Ma- all. Ma- Matt's the a-hole. No, I didn't say, none of that was, so never mind. your last piece of audio. No, that was, none of this was my audio. And this is not the podcast. And Matt, whatever you want to go ahead and stop it or, you know, do something else, just let us know. Right. During the podcast, Chuck, he used I 155 times. I was always sort of a radio guy. I didn't know that meant. I, uh, my kids now, I, I, I guess you, I was, I started, I got really lucky. I, uh, I did that. I think I made $7,000. I had to host. The one thing that I found throughout the years, yes, I can give my opinion on it or whatever, but I, I, I don't know why it worked. I don't, again, I can't explain the fact. Okay, that stop it for a second. I guess you could call that. Let me, let me say one thing. Who were they interviewing here? I. I, apparently. So when you ever watch an interview, how would you like me to describe me? Unless I'm speaking French, I can't say we. I. I. What does it it say right here? What's that say right here? We only got through half of that clip, actually. Episode 27 of the About Sports Radio podcast with who? Goodness gracious. Who does that say right here? Uh, You can hear the host. uh, Matt Chernoff. Okay. So what would you have had me say? if? Wait a minute. Look at that quote. You can hear the host that's prepped. You can hear the difference in the content. And that's me, Matt Chernoff. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say that. This is completely taken out of context. All of it. Uh, so that's uh, that's Post you in the, the podcast. Wildly, yeah, the wildly popular Chernoff show. <laughs> admit, just at least admit that you guys chopped that. For the people who haven't heard the podcast, I just tweeted it to Real Matt. At least admit, Hoyt, you you doctored it. That's what they tuned in for. They didn't tune in to get Chuck Oliver. <laughs> Very good. All right, so there you go. Uh, anything that we should leave the peoples with for tonight? Matt's a dick. Well, I mean, we made him definitely sound like <laughs> the biggest D-head around. Or Max. We can call him Max. Max. For, our, for the podcast listeners. Yeah. They can put you li- two listen, and two together. Listen to a few podcasts back. I think that's like chapter five or six. We got into the Max story they in Vegas. They all run together now. They certainly do. I hope everyone's enjoying I think we, we get a kick out of doing this on a weekly basis. So, for Hoyt, for me, Los, uh, we're your friends. We'll talk to you next week. Go dogs, go SEC, and rise above hate. Is that what he says?